What if I told you that you could give your content a boost with a few tweaks so that you could get better results from your marketing efforts? That's right. Small changes here and there can add up and improve your marketing over time. You just need to know what changes make the biggest difference. That's why today we're giving you five content tweaks that will help you generate more leads and sales. Ready? Let's go. Hey you, you're listening to the Messy Desk Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to achieve more without the overwhelm and drama. Because although business and life get messy, that doesn't mean things have to be hard. Join us as we help you cope with the chaos and banish your barriers so that you can move forward in your entrepreneurial journey. I'm Megan Monahan, And I'm Teresa Safali. Let's get on with it. Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of the Messy Desk Podcast. I'm Megan Monahan, your content marketing strategist and coach. And I'm Teresa Safali, your productivity strategist and coach. Can you relate to the feeling that you're creating all of this content, but it isn't doing what you'd hoped it would do? You feel like you're not generating enough leads or you're not seeing enough of an uptick in conversions. In other words, Whatever your goals are, your content just hasn't delivered the results you want. If you're at this point, we feel you. Know that you are not alone. And most importantly, don't give up. Like we've said before, content marketing is a lot of hard work. This is especially true if you don't have the help of a team or marketing isn't your jam. When you're busy delivering services, churning out content week after week can feel like a big burden. Thankfully, there's some tweaks that you can make to your content to get better results from it. You can go back and make these changes in your existing content, or you can incorporate these suggestions as you move forward. Either way, these tweaks will help you boost your content and the impact it's having on your bottom line. That said, understand that these tweaks won't generate immediate results, but you'll notice a difference over time and you'll start to see more payoff. What we're saying is that by making a few changes in what you're doing, you can improve your success with content marketing. Okay, Megan, we're ready for tweak number one. Sweet. Okay, here we go. Number one is to EAT, eat your way to the top, to the top of search engines and to the top of your prospect's mind. Okay, what the heck does EAT, your way to the top mean? That sounds like it doesn't have anything to do with content marketing. And by the way, now I'm suddenly hungry. Thank you. (laughs) I know it does sound more like it's related to food, but EAT stands for expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. That's a mouthful. (laughs) It is Google's guidelines for evaluating websites. All right. So here's the deal. Google's mission is to put their users first and protect them from low quality content. It does that by recommending sites and content that display a high level of expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness, or EAT. Okay, that makes more sense when you explain it. I'm curious about what the EAT guidelines cover. Does it look only at the general state of your website and the quality of your content? Or does it extend farther than that? Actually, EAT extends beyond your site and content. The guidelines are like a rating system that looks at your website 
its content, who is authoring that content, and any connections and links to other websites. So these things together affect how Google perceives your EAT. The purpose of looking at all of these aspects is to acquire a full understanding of your brand's credibility, reputation, and expertise in a specific area. All of these aspects add up to form a picture of your brand as a reliable source or not. It's more complex and nuanced than this, and experts often aren't 100% on the details because Google can be elusive. But EAT is a real thing, and I've given you a high-level description of it. Just remember that for Google, it's all about serving up the best, most reputable, and accurate content for its users. So then brands who have a better EAT rating rank higher in searches. Got it. Now, although Google cares about your expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness, I imagine that these things also matter to potential customers. People want to do business with knowledgeable, experienced providers who they trust, right? Right, exactly. These things also make a difference in how your prospects and customers perceive you and whether or not they buy from you. So paying attention to EAT is important across the board for both search, ranking, and conversion. That's really good to know. All right. So what are some tangible action items that you can do to improve your EAT? I'm going to go over just a couple here. The first one is to use real names for authorship. So that means you don't want to use like staff member uh, when you have a blog post. Instead, you want to use the CEO's name, or you could even use specific executive names. And if you have someone in your team who's a subject matter expert who knows these topics really well, you can have them author some content. The point is to build up the reputation, authority, and brand awareness of your business. And citing that a staff member authored the content doesn't do that. Number two is to include an author bio. This is just like using a real name for authorship. Put a person, a face, and qualifications behind your content. Things like education, awards, credentials, and experience really do highlight your company's expertise and authority. Another thing you can do is to post high quality content. Look, if you're writing two paragraphs on a topic or doing a two minute video, it's likely that more robust content is going to win out. Use your content to show off your expertise by being more detailed and informative. Link your content to authoritative research and data to give your content more proof. Robust content is a better resource for people searching for information. In the long run, higher quality content signals to both people and search engines that you're knowledgeable and trustworthy. Another thing you can do is to get links and mentions from authoritative sites. When authorities in your industry recognize you with a link or a mention, that signals to your audience and to Google that you're an expert. So consider reaching out to these people or websites and even guest posting on their domains. Another thing you can do is acquire more positive online reviews to build your reputation. Other people's opinions about your business are more trustworthy than your opinion about your business, right? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) And the last thing I'm gonna suggest that you do is make sure to include your contact and location information on your website in in your online properties or your social profiles. You wanna prove you're a real person and legitimate, not some fly-by-night operation. So as I've listened to your suggestions, I'm understanding 
EAT even more. It's about proving to your audience and to Google that you're reputable and knowledgeable and that your content is accurate and reliable as well. And by making these tweaks, you'll increase your clout with Google and with potential customers. So that sounds like a super smart thing to do. Definitely smart, yes. Okay, the second tweak is to always include a call to action or CTA in your content. Motivate your audience by telling them what to do next and how to do it. This one seems so obvious, but a ton of businesses don't move their audience to action. (laughs) This one does seem obvious, right? Okay, for example, if you want people to sign up for your free thing, you've got to ask them to. You've got to inspire people to take action. You'll notice that we always include a call to action at the end of each episode. Sometimes we ask people to subscribe or leave a review. In our blog posts, we ask people to share the content. Your call to action doesn't need to be the same each time. Let your business goals lead the way. And it's better to focus on one call to action versus several. But let me just clarify for a second. You can mention the call to action more than once, but don't tell people to do four different things at once. That's true. You don't want to confuse people with too many options. When there are too many choices, people just won't choose. So give them one action item and that's it. So just how is this going to improve your results? Well, calls to action actually get people to take action. Go figure, right? (laughs) And people taking action translates to more leads and sales from your content marketing. And don't take our word for it. Check out these amazing stats. Email with a single call to action increased clicks 371% and sales, I can't even get over this one, 1,617%. That's it is crazy. <laughs> Adding CTAs to your Facebook page can increase click-through rate by 285%. And HubSpot found that anchor text CTAs increased conversion rates by 121%. Those are huge. Totally worth it. So what's the takeaway here? Make sure you include a call to action with your content. That can be text or a graphic within your blog post or a verbal request during a podcast or video. Personally, I prefer to keep things simple, but you can get fancier with pop-ups or other things if you want. The point is to make sure to tell people what to do next and how to do it. Use CTAs in your blog posts, videos, podcasts, social media, and email. This tweak alone will improve your content marketing. And here's a reminder for you. Always start with content strategy. A strategy identifies your content goals and helps you create a content calendar. With the calendar, you'll align your content with your offers, and that will help you plan your calls to actions. Great reminder, Teresa. A simple strategy and calendar are super valuable for planning and they make your content marketing far more effective. All right, on to the third tweak for boosting your content, and that is to supercharge your headlines. Why? Because headlines determine whether or not your target audience is going to consume the rest of your content. Only about 20% of people read beyond the headline. Oh, that number is so low. It is, and that's why you've got to write headlines that are irresistible. Ho-hum, run-of-the-mill headlines will not give your content the visibility and reach that you desire. By improving your headlines, you'll get more people to consume your content. 
And guess what? That means you'll get more mileage out of the EAT factor and your calls to action too, because your prospects need to go beyond the headline to be exposed to your expertise, authority, trustworthiness, and CTAs. So the headline is a critical piece. So these tweaks work together to give you an even bigger boost. That's brilliant. You know, headlines appear in so many places in your marketing. Of course, there are blog post headlines, but then there are your email subject lines, sales pages, web pages, podcast episode titles, and even YouTube video titles. All of these use headlines to draw in your prospects and get them interested in your content. However, I don't think people give headlines much thought, when in reality, they are the beacon that gets your content noticed and viewed. You know, you should spend a good amount of time on writing your headlines. After all, an amazing piece of content with an unappealing headline will be seen by almost no one. Think about that for a minute. It makes you really consider the importance of a strong headline and title. Yes, it does. So what's your advice for how to supercharge our headlines and titles? Well, we could do an entire episode on writing better headlines, and maybe we will, but here are some tips that will improve your headlines. Be specific. Let people know what to expect. Highlight a benefit in your headline to convince people why they need to read more. Peak curiosity and emotion to generate more interest and suck people in. Include a keyword in your headline. We've talked about how keywords increase your visibility in search and help prospects find you, so use one in your headline. Keep headline formulas handy to make fast and easy work of writing headlines. Maintain a list of headlines that got you to read. Create your own swipe file of headlines that you think are effective so that you can use them for inspiration. Those are terrific tips. They will improve your headlines and get more people to engage with your content. Plus, I'm a total fan of creating your own swipe files. Having one for your headlines will save you time and energy. Okay, what's number four on the list? All right, the fourth way to boost your content is to promote it. This one is fairly self-explanatory. You've got to get your content in front of more people so that they consume it. Because if no one knows about your content, then it's not helping your business. That's right. Content creation is only a portion of content marketing. You should be spending a large portion of time on promotion. Some marketers claim that 20% of your time should go into content creation and 80% of your time should go into promoting the content. In all transparency, I'm just telling everybody I struggle with this one. It's not because I don't want to promote my content. It's more so because I don't prioritize promotion as much as I should. I love the content creation aspect, so I tend to devote too much time to it. What can I say? I'm a work in progress. On my list for next year is more content promotion for sure. I used to be amazing at content promotion, but I've kind of slacked off since I left my previous business. If you're like Megan and struggling to promote your content, I suggest that you plan for it. Start by blocking an hour once a week and dedicate it to promotion only. Then create a simple checklist of tasks that are promotion related. Pay attention to how long your promotion is actually taking you and what tasks you're doing. Then tweak your process over time. This could easily become something you hand off to a virtual assistant later on. That's awesome advice, Teresa. It's better to make a plan than to make excuses, right? Right. 
All right, so here are a few ideas to promote your content. Share it on social media, create slide shares, invest in ads, like you could even boost a post on Facebook, email your list, mention it in your email signature, reach out to colleagues or people who would share your content. You could even mention it at networking events or when you're speaking and you can put a link to it in your bio and cross-reference it across your own assets. You know, promoting your content doesn't have to be hard. Start with one of these ideas and then add others in as you create processes to make promotion a priority. What's important here is that you incorporate content promotion into your content marketing. If you want to generate more leads by way of your content, you've got to get more people to see it. All right. So the last week probably won't be a big surprise, but it's to optimize your content for search across all platforms. Yep. No surprise there. <laughs> Look, search is a big deal. People use the internet to research products, ask questions, find information, and check out businesses. And search is an epic part of that. You want to make your content search-friendly so that more people discover your content and your business. And as we discussed a couple of episodes ago, search isn't limited to search engines like Google and Bing. You've got Pinterest, YouTube, and Amazon. They are very much search-driven. In fact, YouTube is the second largest search engine after Google. And other platforms use search algorithms as well, including podcast directories and even Quora or Reddit. So optimizing your content for search is a worthwhile effort. More people will find your content and that will help you to generate more leads. And not only that, but you'll propel ahead of your competition who isn't doing that, right? That's true. Now, what can you do to boost your content in terms of making it search friendly? Since we're talking about different platforms here, it's tough to give super specific advice because each platform has its own rules. But there are a couple things you want to pay attention to. Keywords. Make sure you identify a keyword for each piece of content and then use it in the content. Structure and layout. Each platform has a correct way to structure your content for maximum exposure. Across the board, you usually want to use a title and description. I'm always shocked at how many people leave out descriptions in their podcast episodes, and that's a huge mistake because crawlers and people won't know what the episodes are about. And finally, I suggest you think about the accompanying image or images for each piece of content. Visual content is important to your audience and visual search is huge and becoming huger. <laughs> I know that's not a word. <laughs> it is For, instance, <laughs> For instance, people search images in Google and your thumbnail image on YouTube affects views. So there's the visual aspect of hooking the person in, and then there's the naming of the image and alt tags for search algorithms. Again, these are different conversations for different platforms, but those are a few examples. Well, we've covered a lot of ground here. Hopefully, you've discovered a tweak or two that you can start doing to boost your content right now. It'd be a shame to work so hard on your content marketing, but not achieve good results. Adding one or two of these suggestions into the mix should start to make a difference. Absolutely. Just remember that content marketing is a marathon, not a sprint. After you make a change here or there, be sure to give it some time. Be patient. Over time, you'll see an improvement. And with that, we've come to the end of the episode. Woohoo! 
<laughs> we do have one ask of you. This podcast is an epic amount of work. So if you feel like we've helped you, please leave us a positive review or rating. Thank you for your support to help us keep doing what we do here. As always, detailed show notes with more information and the transcript are available at MessyDeskPodcast.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Messy Desk Podcast. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the Messy Desk Podcast and leave us a review. We're interested in what you're interested in. So email us at MessyDeskPodcast at gmail.com with your topic suggestions and questions. And most importantly, stay messy because that's where the growth, progress, and magic happen. As like you could even boast, boast online reviews to build your reputation. Reputation? Reputation. Can I say reputation? (laughs) Reputation. Oops.